your friends at the Morningwood Radio Podcast, starring your host, Mr. Miyagi-san, a.k.a. Yo. Hunter McIntyre. How we doing, boys? Good, dude. Luke's on the show today, dude. Lumberjack Luke. Lumber. Yo, I was thinking about our tagline, what gets you up in the morning, Morningwood Radio. Is that good enough, or should we just keep on throwing that around there? Oh, I never heard that one. All I heard was interesting people having interesting conversations, but I like that first one. Well, the, uh, what, Luke, what are your thoughts here? Morning Wood Radio, I kind of like it. Especially you, I think it fits you. I don't know. I mean, there definitely could be maybe something a little more catchy, but it's not bad at all. Well, the reason why I picked Morningwood Radio is because I wake up earlier than everybody else I know, and in the morning, I'm a fucking superhero. Like, I can get so feel, much work done, and it's like I've got all of this amazing energy in my mind, clarity, all this shit. And then as soon as 8 a.m. hits, I'm a, I'm a head case. Yeah, I'm the same way from like 3.30 to like 8. I'm a, I'm a superhuman, dude. I can do yeah. anything. And, and I then think that's when such 8 a... hits, it's like the world just shits on me. Yeah, the biggest part of being a man for at least me is waking up in the morning. My main indicator that I'm still a man is that I'm stiff. Yo, for if sure. I, if every I wake up rock hard every morning, you'll check this out. I'll be right back. Give me 30 seconds. I don't want to distract from the show, but you guys get to know each other. All right. So all going, did, pretty good. All I got from Hunter was my friend is going to be on the show. His name is Lumberjack Luke. Yes, sir. You, did uh, you meet Hunter when he was on uh, his his mountainous time, like learning to be the fastest on the mountain, or how did you meet him? I met I met Hunter years ago through obstacle course racing. We okay. ran into each other, and we're both just yeah. a little bit high energy, like minded people, and we just became friends. Hunters crashed at the house, come by, cook steaks, and <laughs> you know we've always been like uh, distant brothers that reconnect every month or so. <laughs> yeah, so. Not to get off into this tangent, but I walked away and I want to give I want to bring some center to this. So this summer I got this parasite. Many people have probably heard this story too many times. Luke, if you didn't hear this, I picked up a parasite while I was in Europe and it fucked my life up so badly. It messed me up in a way that I you always hear like people like oh, I went down to Mexico, I got mud butt. I had that for like two months and it destroyed me as a person. I lost a ton of muscle mass, like my sleep was crap, everything. I go to get my blood tested and my testosterone scores were like 30%, if not more lower than my last testing. And all the scores are off. Um, you know, so they gave me this prescription, this company called California hormones, like that you can either be prescribed actual hormones or they're just like, get on the supplement panel. Cause I can't mess with that stuff. So I got, I'm taking, uh, 500, 300 milligrams of magnesium. I'm taking, I told you this dude last time yeah, I'm taking, moron. Eight, eight grams of boron and this zinc. I have no attachment affiliated to these people or this like this uh, these products, but I started taking it again, and literally, I can't tell if it's just like a placebo effect, but, man, I'm getting my wood back. Like, I'm, I'm good, and I'm sleeping like a fucking titan, and I'm lifting again. I've got this tonal machine, and I lift on the thing, and it records the amount of weight that you're moving, and my weight numbers keep on going up, so... I don't know if it's just totally random or if this stuff's really working, but I'm back, dude. I got my mojo back. I feel like it probably does. Like after we spoke, I uh, I got some blood work done. I remember telling you, we talked about it. Yeah. And uh, I got on some different magnesium that we talked about and some other stuff. And dude, I feel like the same. Like I went and grabbed a barbell the other day at the gym, dude. I haven't touched a barbell since the baby was born in June, and. Uh, I freaking grabbed a barbell and ripped up 435 like it was nothing. Nice. And, you know, like I was, don't get me wrong. I felt that the next day for sure. <laughs> not warming up, but we talk about bench press, Luke. No, but uh, deadlift. Deadlift. Okay. And uh, it was, I mean, for not touching a bar, I was like, you know, and how easy it was. I was, yeah, no, I think it goes a long ways. Like I've, uh, I've been kind of off the vitamin kick lately, like my my daily, you know, pack of, uh, what is it, the one form or whatever, vitamin pack, first form. Yeah, first form. Yeah. And uh, I've been more on, I feel like I, I feel like I've been able, for the last six months, I wanted to try it and basically see if I can get everything I need in my body with basically better quality food and less crap. Because one thing I wondered is like, how, how hard is it for my body to process all and how much of these vitamins is my body actually getting versus how much is it, you know, versus how hard it is to process these vitamins. 
Yeah. And so I figured I went to more organ meats. I just eat raw liver and uh, a lot of other stuff. Anything from an animal I kill, I just eat the liver, the heart, kidneys, like all that crap. And then we, I eat, uh, did the uh, minerals like we talked about. Dude, I felt like a freaking superhuman every morning, dude. I'm rock hard. So this Small is the thing food. that I, this is the thing I run into with people that I like explain like. You're doing the, you're making the right choices. You're getting the best and wholest ingredients and the most natural ingredients in your system possible. Like I have this kind of thing that I'll say to people is like, if you can't put it outside on a table and it won't grow mold on it within a handful of hours, like a, a handful of days, that's not going to be processed and broken down very easily in your body. Now, that's kind of like the center lane that you want to be in as a human who is taking care of themselves from like a consumption rate, day-to-day living rate, blah, blah, blah. Now, if you're doing above that, you have to understand like the normal consumption of like just regular whole foods, whole meats doesn't always fill the gaps because you're going up in trees for hours a day. You're in the hot sun. You're clearly sweating um, and you're just breaking down, dude. So that's when you need to start supplementing. Like there's no way that you can go on like even – I went and did this Ironman. I don't do things that long. I really have my my uh, uh, down to a T how much of my powder that I put in my water every single day to sustain and perform at the levels that I want. When I went out there for that Ironman, dude, uh, I cannot remember her name. Natasha, this girl who's an uh, Ironman coach, she was like, that's not enough sodium. And I was like, well, I, I don't want to mess around with it now. I'm not ready for it. She's like, all right, I just wanted to tell you. Mm-hmm. Dude, she was so right. By the end of this Ironman, I was throwing – pretzels and potato chips in my mouth and chugging coca-cola because i was dying i had not had enough so you know for the average person like you can get away with whole foods but if you need to, if you keep on pushing your body to limits you want to gain muscle mass you want to do hard endurance races you're always going to have to find these unnatural ingredients to do unnatural things i had a real big learning lesson on that same exact scenario when i did my most recent 50k it was supposed to be obviously 50k it turned out to be like 38 miles uh, whoever marked that course, I want whatever they smoked. Yeah. Uh, Pop that dude in the job. Right? Like, dude, come on. I get to 31 miles and I'm like, what the hell? I know I still got like five or six to go. But I hit a wall at about 20 and started throwing up. And it was a lack of, I've always like, I had the same issue with 2018 Spartan race. I start my race fasted and I my body has to transfer into like a, you know, burning off of, you know, fuel so from a fasted state to, you know, burning off a of fuel that I can put in me and I'll, what I do is I don't drink enough water. So I get to a point where I don't, I push it, I push it, I push it. I don't drink enough water And the same thing. I had uh, another guy that I was running with. I just met, he was a lot more experienced than me telling me that I need to drink more water. I need to get sodium in me. And sure enough, dude, mile 20 hit, I'm freaking on the ground hurling like four miles away from the closest aid station and just dying. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to die here. I'm going to at least die walking. So yeah. I was like, I can make it to the aid station. I'll be good. And then within a couple miles, my body stopped being a little pansy and picked back up and we finished hard. But I know it's something I struggle with on a day-to-day basis with work and everything and trying to work out and stay fit is trying to keep my body uh, tuned up, man. It's hard. Like, especially with the hormone issues I've had from my past careers of hanging in freaking thousand foot towers in front of antennas for days on end. Like I ended up uh, having to jump on the TRT bandwagon a few months ago and to try it out. And uh, I'm 34 and, but dude, I just like, I feel a lot better. It's one of the only things that's helped. I little ashamed to jump on the bandwagon, but it is what it is. Um, you got you to gotta, you gotta choose this fine line of like whether or not you're going to allow your ego to take uh, a role in it or if you want to take your lifestyle into play. Like if I ever reach the point where I can't wake up in the morning and pump iron, go for big mountain bike rides, like walk around the backyard and pick up stumps because I'm just getting too old, I'm 100% going to get on testosterone replacement therapy. Now, like there's this gigantic thing going on the internet, which I think was honestly planted is this liver King guy just got outed for all the juice that he's on. I think his PR team honestly planted this so that he could have another level of attention. But Mm -hmm. that guy clearly was on so many products that he was trying to like super, super enhance his body. If you just want to bring your body back to base level, $130,000 for the, in, in a year of, of what he was taking. Like what he was paying for them. I think that's probably a poor investment. Someone's probably (laughs) someone's probably selling him 
stuff that's too expensive, if I had to guess. But also at the same time, I bet you this dude is probably making well over a million dollars a month on like, like probably several million dollars a month on several products. Yeah. So, and he's convinced the whole world that he was, um, you know, natural. But in reality, what's that? That's what frustrates me about that whole situation. I'm like, dude, just be, dude, embrace what you are. Like, I have no shame. It's more of the shame of like, it's not even shame. It's just like, dude, being this young, but it's like my past career. Like I hung, it just, I ended up, when I got my tests done a while back before I got on it, my test, my test level was at 93 and uh which is like just there's just kind of non-existent and now i'm at like seven eight hundred and i feel freaking incredible and but that's the thing dude with my job if i want to if i want to be able to go to work and climb it it's imagine someone hanging on a monkey you know calisthenics gym for six hours and then i get down i stretch out i eat some food then i head to the gym and it's like, you know, maybe is it too much? I don't know. But it's just what I do, man. If I don't do it, like people ask me, why do you do this, Luke? I'm like, because it's the only thing that keeps me out of prison. I don't know. <laughs> like, Well, dude, the lumberjack lifestyle is as hard as it gets. Like that's probably that's probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Like on the day, the Ironman was harder. But, you know, that successive training and, and moving lumber and ha- holding big saws and picking up wood all the time, it just rips you to pieces. And like, I'm getting way, like now that I got this cabin up in the woods, I'm getting really invested into getting back to chopping trees down. Um, I'm even contacting the people at still, uh, still lumber sport and trying to see if I can get involved in local competitions and stuff. Yeah, dude, I'm looking at it. So I was going to ask, like, I think it's awesome. Um, I, I always like lean back. I tell all these people that I was, a I was a lumberjack and I was only for eight months and you've been a career lumberjack guy. I mean, like, Tell me how that started, because the people that I met in your position were the toughest people that I still have met to this day. And like you said, like you can just walk out of the woods into a CrossFit class and bury guys who've been in games, um, games level competition. Like, how did you get started in it? What's like the day to day life like? Because I love living it through with people. Um, man, I've had an insane life. I've basically gotten paid to travel around the country and climb stuff no one else has wanted to climb since I was 15 years uh, little up uh, 15 16 years old yeah and uh I've climbed 2,000 foot towers uh, I've hung thousand foot radio antenna, like 5,000 pound radio antennas like a thousand feet in the air um how do you how do you that, do that how do you get that up there cables and winch drums giant equipment and oh, cool. uh you know, cranes, we 50,000 pound buildings on top of other buildings and concrete like bunkers for equipment. And I've had just a climbed Sutro Tower in San Francisco. I've climbed pretty much every towel tower in the United States. Um, I have a guy who offered, he wants me to fly around the world cleaning, aerial cleaning, just for my experience. I don't know if I'm going to do it yet because he doesn't want to fly me and my wife. So what does that aerial cleaning mean? Aerial cleaning. Like, imagine, you know, um, you know, uh, Denver airport, you know, how is yeah. that tank kind of on the roof? Yeah. So that canvas needs to be cleaned once a year. So you have to hang from ropes with pressure washers and clean it. Hmm. Yeah. Dude, so like stuff like that, I've just had, when I ended up, I worked, I did this years. I worked in my way in the telecom world up until I got a job offer from Verizon. I took the job offer and I was a project manager and I'd rather blow my brains out than sit in an office. So I left and I thought climbing trees would be fun. Just because I, I made quite a bit of money in the tower industry. So I didn't need to work so much as I just needed to stay busy. And I always thought I liked climbing trees. I was like, well, I'm going to go learn how to get all my certs and stuff. So I went to work for a local utility company. And uh, they make a long story short. I worked there for a few years. I became a journeyman climber. And, um, you know, it was kind of funny. They were I was working on one of their hazard crews. And they told me that I was like, oh, what's the hazard work? They're like, oh, anything, you know, over this amount of height, whatever it was, like 100 feet. A couple thousand pounds in weight or whatever. I'm like, bitch, you think that's hazard work? I'm like, I'm talking 50,000 pounds at 2,000 feet. That's hazard work. So I've realized in this tree industry, my knowledge and my skills could transfer over really well. And it was a lot easier for me. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was closer to home. Everything was better about it. And I enjoyed it because I was outside. But I also realized there was a lot of hacks and the insane amount of money in it. So after doing it for a few years, I, uh, they wanted me to work weekends and I'm like, (laughs) 
no way. And make a long story yeah. short, I bounced and uh, I decided I was going to just do my own thing. Like I had a chipper that I bought just for fun. And so I started my own tree company. Just, I don't know. I just was like overworking for someone, man. I'd worked my whole life making a bunch of people a lot of money. And I just got to the point where I said, I'm they not charge us $3,500 for one tree here. And it probably, I don't know, maybe 30 inches in diameter. Exactly. I just gave a quote for one tree. It's going to be $4,800 for me to take the tree down, chip the branches and stack the logs up on the property. Hmm. Do you have a splitter you take with you? No, you I just give take them big chunks. No, I just take them big chunks. Like they want them in like six foot chunks. So I'll just cut them and grab them in my excavator and stack it up. And, uh, but yeah, no, I just found this. I just, you know, I found this niche, you know, and like, it just kind of, everything pushed me in this direction. And I, when I started the business, I said, I will not go online. Like I'm not going to have on Google, Yelp, none of that. I will hundred percent. If this is meant to be, I'll stay busy hundred percent word of mouth because I know so many people. And uh, I started the business and I stayed booked out for about two years, three years, all never been less than a month booked out. And, uh, every day, man, it's the wildest, crazy thing. It's the most fulfilling, satisfying job I've ever had. Like I show up a project I'm currently working on, like the one you're seeing picture videos of Hunter this week. That is, uh, two big pines. One's about 38 inches. One was, uh, smaller is like 24. And, uh, but they're back leaning over a brand new fence, landscaping and power lines. So you couldn't just drop them. And, uh, you know, it did, there was a couple other companies that turned it down. And for me, it was just the challenge of it. Like every day it's a new challenge and it's a hundred percent on me. Like, so help you me know, out here for a second. What happens if you totally butcher one of these jobs? Like what's going to happen to you? My nothing really just, uh, my insurance would go up highly, mm. you know, that's pretty badass, dude. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to, I, my business set up right now where technically, I guess if someone really didn't, didn't get enough money for my insurance, they could come after my, you know, me, but I'm redoing that so that I won't, nothing will be liable because just with what I do, even though I've never had any accidents, I do always high risk jobs. I still, man, I just know how it is. You know what I mean? And, uh, you got to cover your butt and I have some really good business coaches. It's helping me out. A friend of mine who's been like an older brother to me for years, who's filthy rich and super successful. And so we're redoing it into a corporation so that it won't be, but you know, it's hard, man. There's so many yeah, had... bad happens in our business. Yeah. Everybody just goes after Ryan. Yeah. Exactly. My name's on everything. I'm signing documents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you know, it is something I think about, man. It's uh, it's a risk too, especially with having a baby involved with my life now and a family and stuff. It's, you know, I told my wife, I got maybe five years left of this and I'm done. Like, I don't, I don't see like a cat's only got nine lives, man. And if I could tell you some stories about things that have happened to me, I'm yeah. running on the last couple. Dude, I mean, the, the lumber business I was in, the, these guys were in their 40s. Red was the guy who, or Rick was the guy who was my boss. He was in his mid-40s. A lot of guys, like the youngest guy next to me was 29. I was 19. The next youngest guy was 39. They were all in their 40s, dude. Some of them, like the crane operator dude, told me that he literally had a log come in and just blow his leg out completely. And just like his leg just turned into like, you know, soup. Yeah, And like yeah. these guys are just still on the job. I was getting paid. You're talking about like grabbing these big grips of money, like bundles of cash. I was getting paid $12 an hour to be a hooker and a knot bumper. And I mean, do you ever, did you ever run lines or have you always been like tree limbing? No, I've worked in the logging industry, dude. That's one of uh member. So actually that's what I was doing in late 19, getting ready for high rocks. When the Rona hit, remember that high rocks I was going to come do with you in Chicago. When yeah, I was yeah, yeah. jacked and shredded, I was yeah. working out once a day across fit or my own version of high rocks training. And then I was spending, we were doing 10 hour days in the mountains, clearing for a new, um, new power lines cut. And dude, it was, and I was like new on the crew. So I was like the bitch and dude, it was, uh, I was one in the best shape of my life I'd ever been, but two, it was the hardest work I'd ever done. Like, what I do now is pretty laid back. Like, you know, I have equipment that does a lot of the hard work. Like, I'm still like yesterday. It was pretty funny. I let this new guy climb up in a tree and start chunking it down. Meaning, so what he's going to do is he climbs. I brought the tree down to about uh, maybe 30 feet left. 
and he's got to go up and he does snap cuts. And basically this tree is about 30 inches in diameter where he's up the top. And he's basically going to do a cut 90% of the way through. And then yep. he's going to come out on the other side and come just a couple inches below that cut, come back in about 20%. So what you do, then you there's logs sturdy and it's held there by that little piece of wood left. And then yep. you can climb around the backside and, and it just snaps and you just push the round off. And man, he, I mean, I've watched some of these videos online. Does you guys ever get this whiplash or just chucks a dude? Oh yeah, man. I can send you some crazy videos. Like I have yeah. one of me and I'm one of my buddy in a tree where it's just like, boom. Yeah. <laughs> one that time I was good. not to get off on a tangent, but one time I was on a tower, we were stacking a 380 foot tower. And I was at about 340 feet. We were putting on the last 40 foot section and the crane was too short for the tower. So we had to dis disassemble part of the tower is a three-sided lattice tower. Like you see those things, microwave dishes and stuff hanging on. Yep. We disassembled part of the one side. So the crane boom could actually go up into the tower a little bit, just to get us a couple extra feet we needed. Make a long story short, how it came down, I was on each leg. And when you stack a tower, you leave the whole thing loose. Like you put the bolts in all hand tight. And then you, what you call shake it down as you climb down, tighten everything up. Yep. So the tower's loose. Like that bee is moving. And you're 300, 400 feet in the air. And uh, this crane sets his tower down, the section down. And the back leg farthest away from the crane was about a foot and a half off. So the crane operator radios up and he goes, I'm going to drop it. And let, stab no. a bolt, and then I'm going to pick it right back up super fast. So we all freaking hold on. He drops it. The tower slams. The, the flange slams together. The guy stuffs the bolt in it. He pulls the crane operator, pulls it back up to take the tension off the tower. And did the, to look like you took a rope and went, whoop, the whole tower mm. sent a shockwave down. Bunch I of bolts it. go, Fly off I knew it. it, dude. I was about to say all of that looseness had to. Have, oh shit. Yeah, I thought I was. I was like, oh, I'm dead today. This is it. But no, I lived to see another day. It was a wild ride. That was probably the scariest. But yeah, no, it's uh, you get some whiplashes going on. But if you have a good guy on the ground, a good rope guy, you can prevent a lot of uh, un unpleasant rides in the tree. Hey Luke, I I got a question for you. Did did yes, you sir. go the traditional route of like for the kids that are listening, the yes, traditional sir. route of like have to go to college and then college get in four years of of paying tuition and then come out? Because what this sounds like to me is like not necessarily you wanted to go that way, but you found a way to make yourself very successful without having to go the traditional route. And I think that's what a lot of people are looking for now that they don't want to take four years of college. They don't want to get into all this debt, but they really don't know what else there is out there. Cause they only are like shuffled into this, this one funnel of like, you have to go this traditional route, but it sounds like what you've done and now created your own business, that there's a lot of different opportunities. And I don't even know about all this stuff that's going on, you know, hanging from canvases and, and everything that you're describing. Yeah, no, for sure. That's, I definitely did the complete, opposite of what the most people would do i uh i did probably i didn't have a very like i would say the best childhood mm -hmm. my parents got in a pretty nasty divorce and i was kind of just drug through the mud until later in life and then um it just wasn't the best and uh when i finally started working no i uh i did probably about six total years of schooling total of what you would do college no, kindergarten through high school, everything. Oh, like all the years you're supposed to do. If you're supposed to do 12, I probably did maybe six. I just never was into school. I just, I always felt like it was just complete nonsense and I didn't have, need it for anything. I needed to know how to read, write, and do math. And I was always a, impeccable at math and I could you're read. Telling you don't could, need to know about like electrons and how yeah, different yeah, plants, how, all how different shit. plants mate with each other. So I ended up, no, I didn't. I did that. And I just, dude, I, I figured this, I knew if I worked harder and I showed up and I showed up every morning and I got up and I grinded harder than anybody I knew, I would make it. I didn't know where I'd make it, but I knew I'd make it. And for years I'd get up and I grinded every day. And I, when I was working on the ground, I looked at the guys in the tower and I wanted their job and I was going to outwork everybody until I got their job. When I was on the tower, I wanted the guys, the foreman job on the ground, and I was going to outwork everybody until I got that job. I would take his job from him. No offense to him, but I was taking it. He had something that was mine. When I was a foreman, 
I wanted, I saw the construction manager position in the office. Well, I want it took, I wanted that job. That was the next step up. And I just learned that in life, you can, if you're willing to work harder and put out more and be, take that extra step and wake up early and grind every day, work now, play later. That's what I wake up. I earn my sunrise. I work now. I play later. I don't know when I'll get to play, but I'll find that out later on. Are you still ripping around big trucks, trophy trucks? Man, sold that thing. I know right now all my money's went into equipment, dude. I just spent like 200 grand on equipment. Luke had but me no, build out my dude. first truck, and I took a Tundra, and I turned it into a pre-runner Tundra. That was a and cool truck. That was a cool truck. I've had – literally, this was my, my road. I had – since that car, I've had that. Then I went um, Jeep Rubicon. No, I went SRT8 Jeep, Jeep Rubicon, all built up, uh, SVT Raptor, and now TRX. And that, that TRX, TRX. – Biggest mistake in my fucking life, dude. But I love really? that car. Well, dude, I get seven miles to the gallon as I got the no, car. No, 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 no. You you get a lot of smiles per gallon as yeah. you get with that thing. I know. I Don't get me wrong, man. I, I'm just literally about to buy another car just because it's not it, – it, it's so it's so crazy. I don't regret buying the car at all. It's just as soon as I got the car, gas went from $4 to $7.50 plus. So it doubled. It's absurd. And that truck is so absurd. Like people, like I have a, like I have a pretty Ryan. I don't know where Hunter told you I used to build trucks. I built multiple off-road trucks years. I grew up in the town, you know, the Jeep Rubicon is named after Mm -hmm. the Rubicon trail. I grew up in the town that you have to drive through to get to the Rubicon. Mm. There's a big sign in the town that says gateway to the Rubicon. So I grew up on the Rubicon. I've had numerous Jeeps and, People don't, I don't think people really understand what that truck Hunter has is that thing. Like I spent over a hundred grand building a Chevy pre-runner. It's a damn sport. It was the most, it was, yeah. And then that thing, like to go out and buy, basically Hunter's truck is a production truck of what I spent 130 grand on and three years of my life building. And all honesty, Hunter's truck would probably still outdo it. And that's Dude. maddening coming from someone in the, who's loved the off-road world. So I've had all these different cars, and I live up here in Malibu. We are at 1,800 feet. It is 5.2 miles from the beach to my house, like the PCH to here. And it's 1,800 feet of climbing with a little bit up and down, so maybe just under 2,000. I've done it in STIs, M3s, all these other different cars, and I have a record. I just set the record. In the TRX, because you end up getting into some like areas with the with like bumps and stuff that you can't hammer as hard with the M3 because of the clearance, but the STI could. And I still have fucking just set the record eight minutes and forty two seconds. And Jeez. the way that I'm driving is, you know, if there was a cop around, I'd be in jail for several years. But yeah, I'm talking about like I'm going around corners like half on pavement half on dirt going about 40 to 50 miles an hour and catching little banks and going through it just blows my mind um, that thing's incredible. yeah it is it is so cool i bought it because it's the last dinosaur they're gonna shut yeah. these things down um and they have a very dinosaur themed, named trucks yeah the raptor the trx everything just sounds yeah. like a big old dinosaur the Bronco's done now, dude. The Bronco's done. I'm just getting seats for it, and it has to get smog checked. Does it have? Does it smog have checked. a back window, or it's it all does. open all the time? It does. It does. Okay. I could put the lid back on it, but I never want to put the lid back on. I just ordered a pirate flag to hang up on it. Um, dude, what you need to do with that thing? Like, I've always wanted to get the '80s Bronco, and I want to do the like ridiculous chrome roll bar with the KC highlighters across the top, like the 10 yep. of them, like the total 80s rig, man. I want it to yep. blare ACDC. Are talking about the big circular want, lights? Hell yeah. yeah. And I want, you remember like they used they to had in like, Varsity Blues? Exactly. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Dude, I'm doing it all, man. I've been setting it up, man. It took a while to get them to do some work on it. it took way too long to actually get some work done on it. But um, Who do you I'm have work pumped. on it down there? There's just like a local Crestline shop, and they're just like the kind of guys that are really cool about it. Every time I go in, I'm like, could you just do this? They're like, yeah, but they take their sweet time because they're tinkering with like 15 different trucks at the same time. So yeah. all in, it's really not going to be that expensive. It's just time-consuming. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to see if you could help settle some things because now I'm going through all this. Are you a Husky or a Still guy? 
Still, for sure, hundred percent. What size bar do you run? I got a twenty-five on an old 044 saw that's like twenty-eight years old that I use the shit out of every day still. And then I yep. got a five hundred I with a little baby twenty-eight inch bar on it for chunking down my oak trees. Yeah. And I got a four sixty-two with a thirty-two inch light bar. That saw is sick. It's all hopped up. It's pretty sick saw. Um, and then I got a, I got a six, six, one with a 42 on it that I don't really use that often. Yeah. And that's what you take down the big ones with. Yeah. It's kind of like used probably like once a month, maybe. I have so, no idea what these numbers mean. I was so going like to size of the, the engine, the six inch bar. Or that bar is the blade okay. size of the engines. The other one, uh-huh. I, I should let you speak. Well, You're much better than I am at this. Yeah, basically, like, they're all, like, you want to get, a, like, the saw is a 462, they're like a 70cc, so you're running, like, a little 85 two-stroke motor, a little bit smaller than what you see a little dirt bike. Obviously, mm. a little compact, but, yeah, the new saws, like, I got some fuel injected. The 500 is a, basically the same saw as a 462, but just, uh, they run 36-inch bars, which the bar is, you know, the Ryan thing goes around. Yeah. And, um. Yeah, they uh, the, the bar, they're running thirty six inch bars on five hundreds, which I think is kind of crazy. I run twenty eight on mine, and usually I'd run a thirty two. But uh, no, I'm a diehard steel guy. I love West Coast saws. I, all of my saws are hopped up with West Coast saw parts. They're Bark Box. They're a freaking killer company. And uh, yeah, I'm a diehard steel guy. I had I used to be Husky through and through, and I had all Huskies. And honestly, over the last about five years, I just feel their qualities kind of dropped. And now I just call them boat anchors, bitches. <laughs> so I got I got a husky for um for uh shoot, what is it? Easter last year as a gift, and I've just yeah. been fucking shit up left, right, and center. I'm only running I think a 24 inch bar, and now I'm starting to look at all these lumberjack competitions. Like my main focus is paddling, but. What I do like throughout the day, just because I got terrible ADD, is I just go into the woods for like 15 to 20 minutes and I'll just start fucking up trees. Like, and I've I caught talked to the electric company and they gave me all this lumber. I've got like 20, 30,000 pounds of lumber in the front yard. So I'm like, first I started just splitting it. And now I was like, wait a second, I have an opportunity here. Like, I want to get into the competitive stuff. So I even contacted a couple of these guys and they gave me the fixings because you have to have like, you have to weld up these things and pin the logs in and then you can start chopping at them. So I'm really learning all the techniques. Like, have you ever been interested in doing anything like that? I feel oh, like yeah, that's dude, right I up watch. your alley, dude. Like you're a fucking hoss and you probably know your way around saws and axes better than most people. You know, I did. I thought about that. That looks like a lot of fun. Um, I saw all the way up until I saw one of the competitions of them climbing. Yeah, and that guy's nuts had to have been the size of freaking bowling balls, bro. Like, I'll have to send it to you, Hunter. This guy goes up and down a 60-foot stick in the ground yeah. faster than you can say what the f- happened. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've seen it, dude. They're like, go, go, go. Oh, and then they just I jump. Think, dude, yeah. But I think the sawing aspect and the freaking hatch, the axe work, dude, that would be money. I think we should just – what I'll have to do is, like, I could build like, cause I have my own welders and stuff. I'd have to see about building some of those little, the ones you stand on. So you can, are you, is that what you're talking about? The log? Yeah. You can I'm going to show on? you right now. The guy yeah. texted me. You know what you should do with all that lumber though? You mm. should get yourself a good still like 500 or 661 and slab, yeah. slab it out. Dude, I want to slab. I want to start getting better at slabs, but dude, these, here's the thing, man. Like you got to understand these things are, Ranging 30 to 40 inches in diameter, white pine, thousand plus pound things. I can't pick them the fuck up. So how am I going to get it onto something and slab it? Like what needs to happen is I need to come down there and we just bring an excavator and we'd have to do it that way. Hey, for those not in in the inn, what does slab it mean? So slab it means like you got lumber. You can, you know, I have a mill that mills lumber. Yeah. Are you talking about you can, like if it's a hot dog, you're you're taking it from the top and like exactly. It. Okay. Yeah. Hot yeah. Dog. Hot exactly. dog. Exactly. Like right. like pickle slices, kind of long pickle yeah. slices. Okay. Exactly. I've seen and those. Then there, and then they like pour in. I don't know what the material resin. is, but yeah, resin. Yeah, and then makes it like a really cool coffee table or something. You yeah, know the table that I have. In, you know the table I have in front. That wooden table. Yeah. 
Yeah. So there's these crackheads up near in Crestline, <laughs> and like they just like acquire junk all the time. They're not crackheads. I they're they're on something. Because when you go and Remind talk to, to them, they're, the they're going weird. This is one of my favorite stories, and I'll try to be brief about it. But they've got this junkyard, and I saw this huge slab of wood. You know, it was regular wood on one side, cut perfectly and milled out on the other side. So now I keep on driving by, and I was like, dude, no one's touched this thing in weeks. I was like, it's kind of like common policy out there. If you leave something on your front stoop, like you can just, people can just take it. Yeah. And, Eventually, like one day, like I went up and I was like, I don't feel comfortable just taking this. So I go knock on the door. And so these guys just start bartering with me like all crazy. And it's very like mixed and cryptic. But eventually Wait, I got what this guy's thing. names. You got to get into the guy's name. Oh, God. It just gets so fu- like crazy. And I was like, hey, man, I was like, whose piece of wood out there? He's like, what wood? And I was like, you know, the gigantic piece of wood in your front yard. He's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, <laughs> it's a big piece of wood. He goes, oh, that one. Just impossible to miss it. It's so fucking massive. That's Brian's. And I was like, where's Brian? So he starts walking me. And it's like, it's, it's just like tunnels. Like, you know, the movie, the mummy, yeah. like they live in an area like that. of just like hoarding <laughs> crack dungeons of like going through tunnels and stuff. <laughs> and I go and I, I bump into another group of people. Like and the trailer like, park I grew up in. <laughs> oh dude, it's so gnarly. And they're like, where's Brian? And I was, and I was like, I, I don't know. Who, like, why are you looking for Brian? I was like, I want that piece of wood. And they're like, what wood? And I was like, how are we here again? And now we get to another room. <laughs> And then eventually we keep on going around. They're like, Brian's not here. So I'm just standing there. And I've spent 15 minutes talking to people about nothingness. And <laughs> eventually, like, this one girl comes in. She's just like, Brian's not here. Like, just take it. And so I go up there. And I was like, okay. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this other guy pops up. And his name's Frog. And he's got tattoos <laughs> on his necks and hands and stuff. And he's like, yeah, yeah. He talks like that. And he's like, he's like, I'll take it to you. But I'm going to charge you 40 bucks. And I was like, okay. So we start strapping it up in the car. We get going ready to go. We are literally about to pull out. Next thing you know, guess who pulls up? Brian. Brian. Now Brian's here. <laughs> Brian starts like talking. And he's like, he's listening, man. He's like, that's a really nice piece of wood. He's like, I can't give it to you for 40. And I was like, what do you want? A hundred? He goes, deal. So now we like get going and we like, we leave and I give him a hundred dollars and we leave and they don't follow us. So we go back and we're like, Hey, you're going to go. He's like, all right, fine. We'll go. So now we've had to coax these people and follow us all the way to the house. I think they're going to hustle me again when we get there. They're going to charge me another fee to take it out of the truck. They're like, yeah, you paid us to bring it here, but what are you going to pay us to take it out of the truck now? Like it, it just got to be such a mess. But long story short, I finally got this slab of wood. And then I literally just put it up on top of two stumps and in uh, the flat side down. And then I just took it and I just even keeled it and eyed it across and then polished it down. I did a pretty decent job. It's very, Dude, it's very flat and level. Is yeah, it? it's it's yeah. good. I mean, I, listen, I can... some pieces of paper underneath so my table wouldn't keep rocking. But other than that, it's a very level. Like yeah, I board. got a funny story. Awesome. I'll make it quick about crackheads. Um, <laughs> sure. I live in. I like you know, like I said, I've worked to a point where I bought a house in a community that I shouldn't have to deal with crackheads. Right, yeah. like the house across the street from me sold for like three point eight. Like my house is older and smaller, so it ain't like that. But it's a nicer community. Yeah. And I walk every morning, you know, Arrow, I take Arrow on a walk every morning about 4 or 4.30, my dog, I have a Belgian Malinois. So I take him on a walk for about a mile, mile and a half just to get our, drink our coffee, get her going. And the other morning, you're supposed to do like 15, 20 miles an hour on my road. The other morning, I'm up at the top of my road and I hear some freaking clapped out truck comes like tires burning up the road. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, oh no. And uh, so I get Arrow and I call him over here and I take my coffee cup. And the truck's coming up and it's flying. It's probably doing 55, 60. And I just huck my Jeez. coffee cup right at the window and it breaks the front window. <laughs> and I run over and it's this old gacked out tweaker. Like just smoked a good bowl of meth, gacked out of their gourd. And he's like slobbering. And he's just like, he's like crying. And he's like, and I'm looking at him like, what are you doing? And he's like, I don't know. So I slap him. And he's like, what? And he's like, what? And I'm like, hey, bro. You can't drive like that on this road. I was like, if I ever see you on this road again, I'm going to pull you out of this truck. You understand me? And he goes, yeah. And I go, what I say? And he starts gacking out again. So I have to give him a little again to get his attention. Finally gets his attention. He repeats what I said to him. He says, I'm not welcome down this road. Make a long story short, he was squatting on some property. So all in all, me flipping out on him was a good thing because it got him out of the community. 
But yeah, it was pretty funny, dude. I just slapped the shit out of the tweaker first thing on a Sunday morning. And my neighbors, they text me. They're like, hey, man, thanks for taking care of him. Why didn't you hold him for us to deal with him, too? I said, bro, I couldn't deal with the dead tweaker. I had to go to church. <laughs> wow. You know, dude, I did that. It, but yeah. When I was training for Murph uh, in the heat of COVID, something similar happened to this. This one guy kept on picking up girl, a girl at the uh, next to our house was a like a rehab house, and he'd pick up this girl, and he had a he had a souped up truck that just had like really loud exhaust. And one day he was doing the same thing, kept on doing it over and over, and I just got in front of his car. I never got my hands on him. That's more ballsy than I was. And I was like, dude, don't you ever fucking drive down this neighborhood ever again, or I'll fuck you up. Cause we had kids running across the street at that point. It was just COVID. Like it was just like the world had stopped and like it was paradise, but man, that's awesome. You got hands up on them. Oh yeah. Well too, like to give a backstory, like I watched a tweaker hit and kill a kid, me and my brother, when we were a kid and then a tweaker hit me while I was riding a horse one time. So when I was wow. a kid, so like, yeah, I just don't have patience. And as soon as he stopped, like when I threw the coffee cup and he stopped and I shined my light and I saw what it was, I oh, did. It was just like a switch flip. And I was like, Oh, I'm done. I'm going to slap the shit out of this guy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thank God he. We don't have to deal with him anymore, though. He's gone. We we got people like that out by where we're at. Um, I had to get I really just ver- walk along the side of the road, just kind of like zombies. Yeah, like zombies. They're just they're always just trekking around because my mm-hmm. house is at the farthest corner of town that you can possibly be. So I don't know what they're doing out there. It's just it's but like they- coyotes, man. They just kind of mill around, you know, and mess with shit that they shouldn't be messing with. Like that's why I've always likened tweakers to. And like crackheads too, they're at coyotes. Like you just see them, they're like, "What the hell is a coyote doing right here, right now?" Like, get out of here, you know. And they're always getting into trash and shit. What are the laws with getting handsy with a tweaker? Like, if the cops come, like, are you in trouble? Citizens arrest. It's citizens arrest. You know, I thought about that after, and I go, you know, and Ali asked me, and I go, you know what? If cop one person had no idea where I lived, right? It was four thirty in the morning, and I'm a mile from my house, and. uh Second of all, though, I go, you know what? If a cop wants to come down to my road and ask me if I slap the shit out of a tweaker for doing 60 miles an hour up my road, arrest me. <laughs> I, just, I don't care. Whatever. That's the way That's the way the world's going right now. I, I have such a problem with this where literally here in Malibu, and it's it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter that we live here in Malibu, but it's just it's such a stark contrast. There yeah. are people driving around in half million dollar plus cars all the time. And then – if you had like a 0.081 on your breath, like you're going to jail. Or if you're walking down the street crossing the PCH to go to the be- uh, beach with a beer can, you're going to be you're going to be ticketed and potentially go to jail. There are fucking wasted ass like people just beer cans strewn all around them at the corner of bus stops here in Malibu. Cops won't touch them. Cops no. don't touch them at all. So the thing is to me is like they'll go after somebody like you. You have a business, you have a family, you can pay your fines and you can pay the government for being a bad person. These people are like, ah, fuck it. You know, I know it's mess. hard, man. It's like uh I feel like uh I know, like I always want to support the boys in blue for sure, but it's lately it's gotten almost harder. You know, it's like I support you, but just stay away from me. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, we had we had our friend Dylan on here who was a cop. I completely am yeah. all about that shit. I'm like, you gotta, you know, yeah. obviously you guys are supposed to be the people who are kind of keeping an eye on everybody, but keep your eyes off me, bitch. Yeah, that's, that's basically it. I, I have a lot of buddies close. Call. I spent a week in the mountain or two weeks in the mountains hunting in Idaho with a cop, you know, and I just talked mad shit to him this whole time. I'd smoke weed in front of him, be like, What do you want to arrest me? <laughs> you know, he's a good friend of mine. I love cops to death. It's just you know, I think, though, it's tough, man. I feel bad for cops a lot because I can tell you what, if I was a cop at 24, 25 years old and I was in these riots, is, you have and I'm not happy to, to say it. this, but you're going to see some heads getting bounced around. Like, this is, and you're, I'm young, dumb, I'm full of cum. If I'm 25 and I'm a cop and I got a badge and a gun, that's just the way it is, man. And a lot of the stuff, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I try to understand, come from an understanding perspective for them to support them. And just say, I support you guys. I understand that sometimes maybe you got to get a little handsy. Now, do I think sometimes it gets carried away? Yeah. But I'm just yep. saying, like, I definitely support them. But it's just got, it's sad lately. I felt more so like, yeah, just kind of like, I'm good. I'll just, I don't need you. I support you. But just kind of my own problems myself, you know? Yeah. Dude, I was, I, when it's I was sad. younger, I wanted to get into special forces. And I was yeah. signing up for special forces when I was 19 years old. If they had given me, like it let me in 
and given me a gun. I cannot imagine what I would have done with my level of maturity at that point with these huge violent weapons. Like now being in my thirties, like I can't imagine taking the same actions that I would have taken back then. I would have like thought about every time I pulled the trigger, I would have thought about every time I had done almost anything with so much more depth because of my value for life. Honest with yourself and admit that if you're a young guy and you want to get into that line of work, like you're, probably gonna make some stupid choices like i'll just be honest like i know i would have you know like yeah i wouldn't have thought everything through so yeah no i definitely know the feeling i definitely yeah it's sad to see what you know i have buddies that are cops and they talk about you know their hands are so tied too now they can't even do anything and you know what i mean if they do take a bum out of starbucks like or whatever it is they're gonna you know lose their job and Man, I definitely, uh, my hat's off to someone who wants to be a cop. I just like to tell them, you, if you're going to have your eyes on everyone else, keep them on yourself too. You know what I mean? And look at everyone. Like, don't just, there's a lot, a lot of stuff on in this country that's just sad the way they're handling things. Like, Dylan, have you uh, heard about Kane Velasquez, the UFC fighter? Dude, I love oh. that story. That's such fucking, that is what true law is, dude. You should be able to take, take you know, some dude molested his daughter and he basically just went after the dude with a gun. Mm. and just The guy who molested blowing. his daughter got out on bail and they held Kane uh, and didn't give him bail for what, like a year or something? Or um. six, eight months? Like, just absurd. Yeah. Well, know, Dylan was saying you know, he, he was in a fight or a gun gunfight, and an hour later, or maybe a day later, the guy was back on the street. Yeah, he was just attempting to take you know Dylan Dylan's life. He's like fired back at him. It's crazy. I know. That's why, man. Just, that's why you just got to buy X and drop your police cam. And be like, <laughs> yeah, right. Take matters into your own hands, Jason Bourne, dude. You know what? Speaking of guns and stuff in this country, in this environment this society nowadays you know what's wild is like me growing up so i grew up always hunting for my food and stuff each year we'd kill a couple deer and a bear and that'd be like our meat for the year where i grew up and so naturally like i've grown up and you know i mean i've been hunting things and shooting things and eating them since i was a little kid and uh and i was always looked at for being into guns and hunting like i was crazy you know i was always this freaking wacko dude you know something that's changed in the last couple years i think with the rona is uh now i have like an insane amount of people that ask me about guns and want to know more want to know about hunting and want to know what it's like to be able to get your own food and to see that turnaround in the country as i think as much as i want to be a salty old man and be like hey all y'all fuck off get out of my hunting spots I still yep. think it's really cool to see how many people that have opened their eyes to the fact that guns are tools And, you know, you should just know how to use a tool and you should have tools and you should know how to use them. And then the the fact of hunting and how much, you know, how much eyes have been brought to that and procuring your own food and stuff is uh, it's been crazy to see the turn of events. Just speaking of like, you know, what's going on in the country and guns. That's that's something I've been thinking about lately to see. Now, it seems like people look at me like they want to get to know and ask me all these questions about these crazy you know, hunting or these gun stories I have. And, you know, it's like, it's crazy to go from being the crazy dude to the cool dude all in, you know what I mean? Dude, ever since uh, COVID hit and I, and especially after 2018 um, when the fire happened here and they they implemented martial law, I was just like, dude, you better learn how to depend on yourself a little bit more than society. We were not allowed to get groceries. We were not, we had no electricity. We had no access to food. And now all I want to do is live out further in Crestline. I chop my own wood. I trap rats and I eat them. I tra- I'll, and I got to get better with a rifle and be able to get some of these deer. Deer out. How big are the deer out where you're at right now? Or do you even have elk? No, deer is so hard. And ca- don't beat yourself up. Luke, where are you living? Here in California, man. Like, I live in Northern California up by just in between Sacramento and Tahoe by like Folsom Lake. Okay. I live right on Folsom Lake. There's a big lake right in between and the foothills between Sacramento and Tahoe. And, uh, you know, it's hard, man. Deer, I think the, I think the success rate for archery and deer is a 5% success rate in five years. So five mm. years, basically you have 1% a year to get one, I think it is. Like hunting deer in California is one of the hardest hunts you can basically do on public land. Like, especially really? with a bow. With a rifle, it's still, I think it's only a 10% success rate per year with a rifle. 
I get oh, these fuckers. I see them all the time when I'm running. That's the problem. Are I'll these people soon. that bad of a shot, or they're just no, so few and far between? Um, it's not so much that it's few and far between. There's a lot of aspects that play into it, but uh, it's more so that these deer are nocturnal, and the season in California has been shortened over the years. So they used to be, back when I was a kid, you could hunt into the first part of November, which is the rut which that means the deer are up and moving around during the daytime and you can see them. What happened is just because of California laws, the season's gotten shortened and now it sets off a week before the rut happens. And so it's just, they're pretty much nocturnal and, or they live in such thick cover that getting a shot at them is just virtually impossible. So like if you meet someone who's always successful in California with a deer, that's pretty, it says quite a bit. Like, especially from hunting public land, if they're not shooting deer off of someone's property, because, yeah, don't get me wrong, dude, I have giants, like, probably 24-inch wide, 30-inch wide bucks that come into my yard and my property, but, like, I don't know, man, I just don't, uh, I just can't, like, shooting one off of my back deck doesn't really make my willy hard, you know what I mean? Dude, I told this story a couple days ago. You know, that makes my willy hard. I told the story a couple days ago. My mom had this garden when we were growing up in the back of the house and yeah. beautiful garden. My mom put a lot of work into it and we had this patio in the back that was all glass sliding doors. I wake up on the couch in the morning and I open my eyes and it's like kind of like that dim light, you know, and I see this huge buck just standing maybe about 20 feet in the, uh, from the back door. So I just, I, I see this hammer. I grab it off the ground. I slide the door slowly open. And I look at this bastard and I just go, boom, <laughs> right in the side. And he just turns and looks at me and walks away so nonchalantly. He's like, I'll be back here tomorrow, bitch. I like, got a better he, one for you. Oh, I didn't uh, move at all. I was hunt. Or I was a kid. I was probably 11. And I had this goat because I used to do rodeo. And so I practiced roping my goat. Right. You could. And uh, so I had this goat that I trained to run in circles and I practiced roping it. And I was at like probably 11 o'clock at night. I hear a noise and uh, I go, what the hell? All of a sudden I look down and this giant bear jumps over the fence. He just grabs my freaking poor little goat Francis by the neck, starts dragging Francis down the hill. And I'm like, oh, you motherfucker. So I grab a shotgun and I start running down there in my chonies. My dad gave me the shotgun and my dad told me it had buckshot in it. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to kill this bear. No, my dad, I don't know, he's probably tried to kill me who knows how many times. This was definitely a time he tried to kill me. I So I run down this hill in the sh- with the shotgun in the middle of the night. I make it about 100 yards down, shine a flashlight. The bear is probably 15 yards in front of me with the bear, with goat in his mouth. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I shoot the bear. He drops the goat, looks at me. I shoot him right in the face. And like, dude, you want to talk about time stopped. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, he's just looking at me. Like, he just pissed off. And I'm like. Oh, fuck. And uh, also, he grabs the bear, looks at me for about, it was probably only a couple seconds, but I shot the bear. He steps back, looks at me, growls, grabs my goat, and just walks off nonchalantly. And I'm like, I look down. I freaking look down at the shell that I, you know, ejected. And it's birdshot, dude. I just peppered him. I just pissed him off. It was the worst thing. Is it a brown or a black bear? A black. Fuck. Yeah. Dude, another bear right? story real quick. I'm up hunting deer in the mountains. They run cows in the mountains up here where I live. So a lot of times, you know, you, when you see a big black thing across the valley, you think, oh, there's some cows over there. So I'm hunting with my, I have my setup, my bow setup is set up for deer. Oh, dude, I got a blade to show you when I'm done. That's, um, nice. That's a knife. Oh, you want to tell your story? Tell your story, and I'll finish. I'll finish my. Um, so I'm up there, right? And I'm hiking around the edge of this meadow, and I see. I look. I'm looking for deer, and I have my bow. It's all set up for deer, which you got to think deer are like 150 pounds, right? So I don't need to shoot super heavy pounds, super heavy arrow. And I'm hiking around the edge of this meadow, and I look over, and I'm like, "Oh shit, there's a cow!" And then I sit for a second, like cows. It's like November. I'm like, "There ain't no freaking cows up here right now." I look over, like that's a giant fucking bear. This thing was the biggest black bear I'd ever set eyes on. Bigger than any zoo bear I'd ever seen. This thing had to have been 525 to 545, I'd say. Pushing 550 pounds. 
giant and perfect coloring jet black with the blonde down his chest just perfect bear perfect bear so i start i'm sitting there and i'm sitting there watching him he's right about 60 yards away he starts coming to me he has no idea i'm there so my dumbass drops my backpack which has my handgun on it my sidearm i take my bow and i work my way over to these little pine trees i'm sitting behind these pine trees he comes into 18 yards from me I draw back and I'm thinking I'm shooting my bow set up for my deer. I'm going to, I'm going to slide an arrow right through here into his heart because I couldn't, he was kind of angling to me and bears got really thick shoulders. So right as I let go an arrow, he takes a step forward. The arrow goes, bam, hits him in the shoulder. And it sounded like I hit a brick wall. Like the arrow just stopped instantly. And I'm like, Oh, fuck. And he looks at me. He spins a couple times. He starts to come towards me. He veers off. He stops about 10 yards away from me, turns around, reaches down, bites the arrow in half that's in his shoulder, drops the piece that he broke in half, rips the other piece out of his arm shoulder with uh. the broadhead in it. I have the arrow. I'll say I'll show you guys both pieces. He ripped the thing out, looked at me, growled, and walked up the hill. Dude, and, and make a long story. And then the next day, I went back out after him again, and he tracked me all the way back to camp. Well, dude, so this is my question. I booked these out, and I was like, we're talking about bears. I've always thought that this is probably my setup here, actually. I need right hand axe, left hand stab. Do we have a chance? No. With a bear. You'd I have think to, maybe you'd I have, go over this side. You'd have to be within an arm's distance. And yeah, aren't of course, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. So if this fucker's on me, I'm probably really, the best going thing to... to do is keep that big blade close and let that bitch get close to you. And and shiv him here and then head. I got one thing to show you. Hold on. Two seconds. A new look would be a great talk. <laughs> you want to these talk are... about blades? Here we go. I mean, these are the things that I'm thinking about all day. He kind of looks like Jason Samoa. Or what's that? Jason Momoa? Whatever the uh, Aquaman. You want to hear a yeah. funny story about that, Ryan? Absolutely. Why show this? I uh, go into the barber and he's asking me what I'm going to do, and I go, uh, "Man, I just need to trim it up." You know, I don't really like a beard, but I go, "I either can be freaking Fabio or Jason Momoa," so I got to stick with the beard. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good dude. I can't grow a beard that thick, but look at this mustache. She's coming in nice. Yeah, oh, that's pretty solid. Yeah. yeah. All right. So here's a blade. You ready to see this? This is a nice. Ooh. Look at this bit. Damn. So I had this custom made by a guy in Utah. And it's actually, so it's razor sharp from here all the way around. And what it does, it's like a chopper. So I can chop trees down with it if I want because it's heavy. Yeah. Or with it razor sharp, what I'll do is when I kill an animal, I hang them up them. by the head. And I yeah. can, so to split their sternum, since it's sharp right here, I just slide it in, pop it in. Then take a rock and just bap, 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 right down the spot or right down the sternum, splits the whole sternum. And then when I'm getting all the guts and stuff out of the inside of the animal, I can just take reach in. So I don't get all my hands all mushy and shit. I can just reach in with this and just carve it out in the end. Oh, this thing was the best. The guy hey, ordered want... the... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. I've go got ahead. I've got this guy. Uh he's my tell you. Yeah. Is that he's my international arms dealer. I bought so many blades off this dude in Pakistan, and we spend about I don't know, a good two to three weeks arguing with each other about prices. And then eventually I'll buy something. Dude, but you he tried to... one made. That's what it's money. Dude. I have another set of knives that this he, guy he, made. He, he custom makes everything for me. He made me oh, this blade. Shit. I just sent him a picture of Croc Dundee's knife. He made me this blade and sent it to me. <laughs> That's everything I want. Like, I'm just like, I want this. I want this. And we, we, we haggle and we fight forever. Dude, dude, you got, got everyone's got to have an arms dealer. Oh yeah, for sure, man. I, uh, yeah, that guy, he's, he builds good knives, but yeah, no, I like good blades. They're good. I've gotten to the point where I just have three different knives that I take in the mountains with me that I can do. I could survive and pretty much live with. And I, a guy, uh, OCC or out of cash knives out of Utah actually built all my knives for me. He has a thousand, we have a, like about 800 layer Damascus, uh, Bowie knife that's out in the bag. I could show you. want me to go grab it? It's pretty crazy. Yeah. So this company right here is called RMJ. I won this for winning Go Ruck games, and it's sick. But how much do you think this thing costs? I mean, I I don't have a price point. Uh, Under a thousand. 
under a thousand. Well, yeah, definitely under it's under a thousand. It's five twenty-five. Okay. And like, I'm not trying to say that I don't trust the quality of it. Like, it looks like it's heavy steel and it looks great. Five twenty-five for a piece of metal is insane. But it, but it's it's the strength of the metal, right? Which I believe so. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So I don't really know, man. Like I don't know enough about making metal, but it's listen. Here's the thing: but like, you got to you got to think about like the artist's work as well, which is they mass pro- they mass produce these things. Oh, okay. I thought so. It was the, like you know, the, they originally engineered it, and now they mass produce them. This one's custom with everything. Ow, it's so sharp. I mean, the, here's the thing: if I kill a bear while using this, and I save my life, or like fight off a junkie. <laughs> That's worth the five twenty-five. Yeah. So that's where I'm thinking the number comes from. That's where it really is. But if you're just a dude buying sharp objects and not going to use them, yeah, maybe not so much. Well, How- is that the knife that you go out into the back of uh, Crestline and like hawk at a tree? Uh, no, uh, this one's too nice. Like this is kind of a prize thing for me. So I just keep it next to my bed in case somebody breaks in. I have a whole strategy. Like, I I don't don't have at home, but I have like a, I just have like a Dick sporting goods knife that I keep at my, my bedside. Yeah, I have, I have a loud horn. I have bear mace. And then if that doesn't work, then I'm going into the sharp objects. You need a gun. I do have a a dirty, hairy gun. I do have a gun. Yeah. So here's one. I can't find my big one. I think it's out in the truck. But this is a Kevin made this one too for me. Look at this. Look at the metal on this thing. Damn, dude. What is that um, called? Galvanized steel or something? No, it's Damascus. So it's Damascus. layered steel. Oh, like sick. how you build a samurai sword. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sick, dude. And then look at this handle, dude. It's so. Does wild. this guy look like the dude who created the swords from Kill Bill? Basically, yeah. I hope so. This knife's dirty, but it's a pretty. This one was really cool one that he. Uh, is that another deer knife? Yeah, this is just a little skinning knife. Yeah, that thing's sick. But yeah, no man, good weapons are always good to get. You know, I'm not a big. I grew up on a gun range. I'm. Uh, I if I never shot a gun again in my life, I'd be fine with it. I'm not a big gun guy, but I think you should always have a couple tools. You know, you should always have tools to do everything you need. So I think having a you know a shotgun, a hunting rifle. And a handgun and maybe some sort of semi-automatic, you know? I think that's really all you need. Luke, do you watch any of those that's like pretty, out that's in a the... pretty fucking crazy armory? That's four guns. You're like, you don't I don't really believe in guns. But lot, but if you had these four, one of them being ball to action, one of them being short distance violence, and then rapid repeating kills. Well, I'm not a welder, but I have a TIG welder, a MIG welder, and a stick welder. Because what if I yeah, ever need to weld something? Well, dude, you also use heavy machinery. It makes sense that you got all that kind of stuff. No, maybe just a gun. You should. Everyone should have a good hunting rifle and probably a good handgun. If you yeah. could pick three things that you, as a man, need to have in your home, what would you say? Guarantee I don't have any of these. Huh. I, should probably, I should probably save up and get some. As a man, three things you need to have in your home. Mm-hmm. Um... A gun. Interesting. Interesting start. A map book. A map no, book? Like map a laptop? No, no, like map. Like map. Oh, M-A-P. Oh, shit. No, you need to know how to read a map. Okay. Cartography. And a Bible. Okay. Oh, interesting. There. I was going to say a toolbox. Well, I didn't know if I could go box with that. Condi- that was like a one item, I thought. Okay, well, if we go one item, if we go one item, I'd probably say a crowbar because you could use it as a hammer and like a smasher and all these kind of things. Yeah. Or an a- I'd say axe, a good ass flashlight. Yeah. Good ass flashlight. Yeah. Um, fuck, this is really hard. Wait, and- what about your box of, of insects? Oh, dude, my insect box is sick. Dude, you should have seen the bugs that I caught this morning. But no, I'm trying to think. Okay, so you got that. I mean, you definitely need – I'm trying to think of – you need to be able to – I think of being resourceful. So what do I need to be resourceful? Like I would say, like, I don't need to have all the stuff. Like, I don't need to have all the food and all the stuff prepped if something goes hits the shit. I just need to be stronger and smarter than the people that do have it so I can get it from them. 
Axe, flashlight, and a good set of boots. That would be it. Yeah, axe, flashlight, either some sort of chopper or an axe. Yeah. So like this, I'd pick a chopper so that I had a blade and an axe sort of item. A good flashlight. And yeah, dude, I think good. You know, that's something that bothers me in today's society is the footwear people wear. I feel like every day you should be talking about the Yeezys. Yeah, just you should be prepared to protect yourself. Like I have this big thing about flip flops. I just don't know if it's what if I need to protect my wife or kids. You know, Dude, and what if she? I, have these, I don't know if it's safe to wear flip flops. I have these combat boots that I wear all the time, and people are like, "Why are you always wearing combat boots?" I'm like, I could literally run a five flat mile in combat boots. If I had to kick somebody in the chest, like if I had to like take somebody out, my first move would be sprint at them and then double leg kick into their chest. I would literally explode a chest cavity. Yeah. And like also when it comes to just like hard, messy terrain and weather, those boots can't be beaten. I do I mean, all I my should. lifting in those boots. Everything, dude. I can I can power clean two seventy five in those boots. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I run. A, I've been wearing. I'm on a crispy boot kick lately. Crispy's an Italian company. Mm-hmm. And I have their boots for climbing and for hunting and like day to day. They're money. Oh, dude, I just bought a pair of boots that I think are at the house. Actually, I bought some old lumberjack boots. Like I actually do the leather high strap boots that come up about like six, six to eight inches above the ankle bone. Yep. And do you have, do you have spikes in the bottom of your shoes or no? No, I have had them, but no, not, I don't have any boots that have spikes on them now. Cause I'm not really walking that many trees, you know, you're just, a, you're just a dad. You're the daddy. You only yeah, you stay on the ground. Yeah. You supervise. I know. Dude, no, you gotta I get yourself some good spikes. Pair of chainsaw boots are like Fanner. They're made by Crispy. They basically yep. look like a mountaineering boot, and but they're chainsaw proof too. So if I can't cut my foot off, really? Yeah. Dude, send me a link to that thing, dude. Send me a link. I will, um, dude. They're, they're sweet. We've hit our time allotment here, so uh, I just want to give you a shout out, man. Like I always have such a good time catching up with you. I think you're yeah, one of the most interesting right. people I have in my phone book. And Luke, where can we ass. follow you? You on the gram? Uh, you follow me on Instagram. It's uh, you probably search Luke Wright and find me, but it's Wildland Tree on Instagram and just Luke Wright on Facebook. I Dude, like. I've been calling you Wild Luke Man Wright Tree for years. It's Luke Wright. Yeah, it's Wright spelled the wrong way. God dang it, man! I'm an idiot. Every time I say it, it's like I'm like it's Luke Wright, and everyone's like, "Who the hell?" I'm like, eh, you, "You know how your name is spelled in my phone? It's M Y T i r e i think or m c y t it's yeah dude i got your name all mckayer yeah, yeah. i'll take it dude it's all good dude you know it's crazy been so much fun no oh, it's been such a good time i i'm glad you're one of my friends that no matter what i i call i don't want to look at people's social media i just call up luke i'm like yeah. luke what do you think about this i'm like tell me about a big tree and it's so much better than looking at, at contacting with uh getting in contact with somebody and then just checking out their instagram so glad to call you a friend man Appreciate you coming on, giving all these people such cool insight about your lifestyle. Good question. um, New York, LA. Three, two. LA. Oh, LA. There you go, Brian. I just have to stay loyal to California. Yeah, there you go, dude. All right, boys and girls, we got a big show coming up on Monday. Uh, We have the release of the House Masterclass. Luke, I'll send you a free one just so you can learn about all the most savage ways to train. Um, we got some really cool stuff stuff coming up and I want you guys to end the year off. Right. So first of all, I want to thank everyone for watching the show. Second of all, I want to thank everybody who's been supporting our businesses and kicking some serious ass and, uh, I'll catch up with you guys soon. Later folks. Later on, guys. Yeah. See ya honky. We're all good.